Welcome to the R Empowerment Podcast and the Facebook Live video. I'm so excited you've joined us today to talk about how to prepare for an interview. Now, you have submitted your resume, you have gotten an interview to your dream job, so now what? Well, stick around and find out how to get ready for it. So my name is Keith and I will be your host today. And I'm I'm so excited for you to be here today. As I said, we are live on Facebook right now, or you could be watching this on Facebook afterwards. And we can also be listening to this on our podcast, Our Empowerment, which has tons of other good podcasts. If you are interested, check it out. But for today, we're going to talk about how to prepare for an interview. So growing up, I always saw my dad when he went on interviews preparing. He spent a lot of time, took his notebook, made lots of notes and I always assume that's how people do it. And honestly, as an interviewer, that's how I expected people to kind of come prepared, knowing a little bit about the job, a little bit about the company. However, as an interviewer, I found out that wasn't the case. Most people do not prepare for either part-time or full-time jobs. And that always surprised me and kind of turned me off. And the people that did prepare, though, they got bumped up to kind of the front of the line. They were always the people that made me interested in them because understand that you are not the only interview typically that day, but let alone the only interview for that job, especially good job jobs people want. As an interviewer, I would typically stack five, 10 interviews within a day or two. And by the end of the first day or into the second day, I'd be exhausted. Same old answers over and over and over, right? No one talked about themselves. No one talked about the company. It was just kind of this free for all. But when that kind of diamond in the rough, the person that comes in that knows information about the company, knows how to connect it, those people got my attention. They made me take better notes. They made me pay more attention to them. That's who you want to be. That's the kind of interviewer you want to be. So how do you do it? How do you blow your interviewer away? Well, you spend some time preparing. This is just like a test in school, a test for a certification. This is like a job. You're going to spend serious time doing this, sitting at your kitchen table, sitting in a library, really spending time looking for that. Because I said, this is your dream job. Never apply for a job that isn't going to be your last job. And I understand that there's some need for flexibility, right? Just because you're applying for this job doesn't mean that you won't have to move on or won't choose to move on. However, when you're applying for a job, you should have the mindset that this is the last step I'm going to take on my career path as far as companies go. So with that being said, you need to spend some time getting ready because you want to blow them away because you're that serious about it. How do you do that? Well, there's a few different tricks and we're going to go over all of them today. But to start with, you want to spend some time on their Facebook page, their Instagram account, Twitter's accounts, news stories, Google them, Google the area. Depending on if you're applying for something local or something that you have to travel to, you'll do different things. When I travel, you Google you know, the community, learn about that. If you live in the community, you probably already know about it and don't need to necessarily do that. But you do want to know about the company both locally and nationally. So just kind of look it up, learn a little bit about it. And those are some resources you can do that with. But the first thing, the first thing I think people should always know, and on your notebook that you're taking to the interview with you, in big letters at the top of the page, you should start with the mission statement. Did you know that every company out there pretty much has a mission statement, especially big companies? If you apply for a little mom-pop company, you may not be able to find it. But if you're applying in a McDonald's, a Walmart, a YMCA, um, IBM, they all have mission statements. And everything they do and choose to do 
is based on that mission statement. And for today's conversation, we're going to use McDonald's for everything. Not because I have worked at McDonald's or love McDonald's or anything crazy like that, but basically because lots of people watch these videos, lots of people listen to the podcast. It's actually heard in like 10 countries. And so McDonald's everywhere. I figured this is applicable to just about everyone. And I thought it'd be kind of interesting because I've never worked at McDonald's, never applied to work at McDonald's. So it was kind of new to me. So it required me to do a little bit of research to prepare for you guys. So that's basically throughout this, we're going to use McDonald's as an example. And that's not necessarily, these are all applicable to everything. So not just McDonald's. So keep that in mind as we go through. If you are applying for another job, just fill in the blank with or replace McDonald's with the job you're applying for. But in McDonald's case, the mission statement is McDonald's brand mission is to be our customer's favorite place and to eat. Our worldwide operations have been aligned with our global strategy to call the plan to win catering on five basic and exceptional customer experiences, people, products, place, price, promotion. We are committed to improving our operations and enhancing our customers' experience. So a couple of things I learned through this is one, they've updated their mission statement a few times and that McDonald's had one. I had no idea what it was. I figured they did, but had no idea. So I would, if I was preparing for a McDonald's interview, have a notebook and this would be at the very top of my notebook because somehow I would be working in the mission statement. Now, you don't have to read the verbatim mission statement to them. They know it. But I want to know it and I want to work in somehow that I know it. And so one example of way I could do that, an interview asked me, Keith, why do you want to work at McDonald's? Very common question. It's going to be one of the first questions you get asked in almost any interview. I would say something like, I saw in McDonald's mission statement that McDonald's wants to be a customer's favorite place to eat and drink. I think about all the time me and my kids have spent playing in your play place and all the wonderful memories that has created and what's gone along with that. I really want to pass that experience on to other families. What a cool kind of opening. If I was a hiring manager and someone gave me this, I would be super excited. They'd make me sit up. Again, I've probably sit through 10 interviews already. Someone said this and I'd be like, oh my goodness, this is something I have to pay attention to. Why? Well, they knew the mission statement, which took some research, right? No one knows McDonald's mission statement. No one knows anybody's mission statement unless they're working for them. And most employees don't anyway. Second, they tied something personal into the question with the mission statement, right? I'm excited to work here because I remember how McDonald's makes me feel how it connects to their mission. This is going to be something that shows that I've done some research. It shows my passion. This is going to be an exciting interview answer for the interviewer. And that's what we're trying to do at this level, right? We're trying to get them excited about what we have to say. So the next step is going to be to try the products that they offer. For McDonald's, this is super easy, right? McDonald's everywhere, you can go try a hamburger. But for some stuff, it's not gonna be quite as easy if it's a daycare, a government facility, if you're gonna be a housekeeper, right? You can't just walk into a government building, can't just start cleaning someone's house. But for those, you're gonna have to rely more on the internet and do some research, look at photos. For things that have products though, if that is a food service, which is super easy to do, if it's the YMCA, for example, which I worked for for I don't know, like 15 years, what I would do is before I interviewed at the YMCA, the night before, I would go use the fitness facility. I'd go swim in the pool. I'd go use the locker rooms, anything that I could just to experience it. And that's kind of what I'm suggesting. Whatever you're applying for, just go experience what that is. If it's the parks department, go play in the parks. If it is a McDonald's, go eat a bunch of their food, which you probably have already. If it is a library, go to the library. You know, Go explore what they have to offer because you want to be able to use that in your interview. You want to have an understanding of what they're doing. And 
you want to make sure it's the right fit for you, right? If you walk in and you're a vegan and all they serve is meat on a stick, right? Or if it's a McDonald's and all they serve is meat and you're like, oh, this is really offensive. I could never work at a place that serves meat. Then it's not the right fit for you. You're going to be miserable there and you're going to eventually quit and you wasted your time, their time. It's going to be a problem. So go and visit it. Make sure that you have an understanding of what that entails, what the company entails. So you can talk about it and make sure it's a good fit whenever possible. And I said, it's super easy to do it if it is a fast food or a restaurant who doesn't enjoy going out to eat. An example of that would be the McDonald's group person interviewer might ask me, why do you want to work at McDonald's? Again, another very common interview question you'll see. Why do you want to work for us? Why should you work here? As a kid, there was nothing cooler than a McDonald's Happy Meal. I still own some of the toys. You know, the pails that you used to get for Halloween were super cool and you could put a light in them or you could go trick-or-treating with them. And although I've kind of grown out of Happy Meals, I think that my kids absolutely love them. And I have great memories of going to McDonald's, getting my kids a Happy Meal and me getting something from like the McCafe line and just kind of sitting and watching my kids play and having those family moments with them. I've seen all my life how McDonald's can bring families together and the magic it provides kids. And I want to be a part of that. Again, another great kind of answer that is going to get that interviewer kind of excited about you. I'm tying McDonald's into my personal life, saying how excited I am, that connection there, as well as the research to some other products. So if someone were at McDonald's with their kids and, you know, their kids were getting Happy Meals, they're like, oh, I don't think I want anything. Like, hey, have you tried, you know, the McCafes? That's, that's what they're looking for, right? They're looking for a hard worker. They're looking for someone that can make them more money. And that's really the goal. So next, I want to find a link to the company. And so we've we've done this, right? We've done it through products. We've done it through mission. But you can also do it through a person. Try to find someone you know that works for the company somewhere. Ideally, it'd be at the same branch, right? If it's McDonald's, ideally, they'd work at the same McDonald's. Not like, oh, my uncle works at a McDonald's in another state. However, if that's all you got, it's all you got. But try to tie in somehow. This this does a couple different things. One, there are, you know, some companies, especially like McDonald's and stuff, have rules about working with family and stuff like that. And you want to make sure you don't start and find out that you can't work there. That would be a bummer to quit your job and then to lose your job because you're just related to somebody. Second... It gives you some interview power. So if an interviewer were to ask me, how would you handle a mad customer? Which again, pretty common question for a customer service field. I could say something like, my buddy Drew is a cashier here. And he said one time someone got super upset over some cold fries, but that the manager stepped in and fixed the issue. If I, if that was me, I would try to replace the fries and calm the situation down. But it's good to know if I can't handle the situation, there are good managers to help. The answer here has kind of several points, right? One, I acknowledge I know someone here, right? Name dropping 101. I've said, hey, my buddy Drew, if I'm a manager, and this has happened to me several times, and they say, I know someone that works here. The first thing I do when I get done interviewing is I find that person and say, hey, tell me about this guy. Because when you work with somebody and someone's, or you're going to work with somebody, if they're going to be a bad employee, they're going to tell you because they don't want someone that's not going to carry their weight and give them more work. But if they're going to be an excellent employee, they're going to tell you too. I remember one time I asked someone, I said, you know, tell me about X, Y, and Z. And they're like, no, they're going to bring the drama. And on paper and in the interview, it looked like they were going to be a great fit, but you know, was warned right off the bat by actually a couple employees that they were going to be just a very dramatic employee. And we, we didn't hire them for that reason. 
make sure you can connect the dots whenever possible to your name. The other thing about this is that just for an interview standpoint, we connected that, you know, we could handle the situation that they gave, but we also suggested that if we needed help, we could certainly ask for it too. And we acknowledged that it was a good place to work, which is also kind of a bonus in this scenario. The next step is knowing the organization's history. Now, you're, I'm not looking for you to be like an historian, right? And, and again, you can write all this stuff down inside your journal that you bring or your notebook or whatever you want. There is nothing wrong with reviewing notes during an interview. It's going to impress them, actually, if you need to, that you cared enough to write stuff down. So go ahead and write down. You don't have to have, as I said, you don't have to have like the complete biography of McDonald's or wherever you're working. But you want to know some basic stuff, right? When did it open? Are there any fun facts? Any important dates or events that are truly noteworthy that, that could really make you stand out that you know? And that's what it's really about It is kind of those things. So in McDonald's interview question, you know, what do you know about McDonald's? Pretty common question. What do you know about the organization? Whatever it is, it could be worded slightly different. But my answer would just be the first McDonald's opened in 1948. And since then, it's become a worldwide brand. There's almost nowhere on the earth that you can't find a McDonald's. In fact, it shows McDonald's has sold over 100 billion burgers. Again, just kind of a chance to show that I've done some research. There's not a lot of information you actually have to know, right? The number 100 billion burgers and 1948. It's the only two statistics I really need to know in there. If I wanted to, I could certainly add a lot more to that. McDonald's certainly has a long history think they invented the milkshake and there's a lot I could talk about. However, I kept it short, sweet and to the point. This would be an acceptable answer, but you could also expand it and that would also be acceptable depending on who you and how you liked it. But you really want to focus on knowing that little bit so that you can incorporate it because they're going to look at it and think if he knows this information, it's something he can pass on to the customers, right? Those fun facts to tell people when they're checking out or selling products or whatever the case might be. And again, shows you did your research. The next step, I think, is really researching what the possibility for career growth is. Again, before you take a job, you should be looking for your forever job, your career, not just something to pay the bills. And if you're applying to be a fry cook or you're applying to be the hamburger guy, you want to you want to move up, right? You want to be more than that someday because that's where the money is, right? McDonald's managers and the general managers make pretty good money. So how do we move up? And is there a potential for it? And how do we do it? So find out and figure out what you need to do to do that because it's going to come up in the interview or could and you want to make sure that it's a good fit for you. It's something you can grow in because if you get in and like, hey, I'm going to make $8 an hour for the rest of my life. Well, that's not, I'm not sure I'd work there, honestly. I think I'd keep looking or I'd work there and keep looking immediately. But somewhere like McDonald's or Walmart or the YMCA or where I could grow and grow and grow and grow, there's, there's a lot of potential there. That's something that I would definitely, definitely consider. So make sure you know that information. Make sure you research it. And one really good use of that information is for probably one of the most awkward questions you can be asked in an interview. And that is, where do you see yourself in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? It's such an awkward question to answer, right? Especially for a job like McDonald's. Like no one wants to be like, in five years, I see myself as a fry cook still. When I was a person that hired people, I used to ask this question and they would say, you know, I see myself working here, which is the standard question you're taught in high school to, you know, by job coaches to say. And I want to say that's wrong. Number one, if your answer is I still want to be working part-time in five years, that's a problem to me. That's a red flag. You want to show some growth. And this is where this research came in, right? So if someone says, an interview, where do you see yourself in five years? I could say, I know I'm just interviewing for a part-time job right now, but really I think I could be, this could be a career for me. In five years, I think I could be a manager, 
but one day I really hope to climb this corporate ladder and go to Hamburger University. First off, Hamburger University is a real place and I am highly entertained by it. It's in Chicago, uh, some kind of training center up there. I've passed it before and I'm still just entertained by the name of it. But for the interview itself, what I'm trying to do is show A, research, right? I've researched what the career growth is. Two, I'm saying I'm going to be around here in five years because people that want career growth are harder workers typically. So by saying I've spent the time researching what it looks like to work here forever and it's something that I want, you're going to make the interviewer very interested and they're going to consider you more heavily, right? If you're saying the general manager, I plan on being your assistant one day, and I'm going to work hard to do that and get to that point. They're going to like that because they have to, they have to fill those assistant jobs a lot too. So another kind of power answer for you. Next, you want to find out who's interviewing you. Now, normally in most cases, it's going to be the person that set up the interview. That's not always the case. My wife, her current job, it was actually HR set up the interview and other people were the interviewers, but they were upfront about that. And when they call, when you they call and set up the interview, you can say, you know, will I be interviewing with you? Will I be interviewing with other people? They'll give you that information. And if they don't know, they'll let you know that as well. But generally speaking, it's probably the person on the phone. And you can also, if it's a store, it's a physical place, normally it's going to say somewhere on the store, general manager or restaurant manager or something like that. It'll be printed somewhere or on their website. So you can always look that way too. So you know who you need to be researching. You can do this a few different ways. You can do this through Google, just Google their names. If you Google their names, you probably have to do like, if you were to look for me, you'd have to Google like Keith Worland plus, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, because you were looking for a very specific area. If, if they have a very common name, if it's like Joe Smith, you're probably, even if you were to do something very specific, St. Louis, Missouri, you're still going to be in trouble, but it's still worth a try. And then Facebook, Instagram, all those places you can look there. Too. I'm going to admit it feels really weird to do it. It feels very stalkerish to try to find someone you don't know, but they're doing it to you. That's kind of a secret, I guess, of employers. Every employer is looking for you. They're Googling you. They're Facebooking you. They're Instagramming you. They're looking for information about you. So it's only fair that you do the same to them. And it serves a really good purpose. One, because you're going to be working for this person, right? If you see a bunch of stuff on Facebook, you're just like, I, I can't work for this person. They're they're awful, then get that out of the way early. Or maybe you find out a connection. And that's really what I'm looking for is some kind of connection to them. If that's a person, a place, a thing, whatever the case might be. So an interviewer may say something like, tell me about yourself. And I could say, my first professional job was at a camp called Camp Lake when I spent eight years there before moving on to an office job at the Y in St. Louis. The interview would be like, oh, that's crazy. I love Camp Lakewood. My kids go there and I went there as a kid. And I'd just laugh and be like, oh, how random. But the truth is, I knew that I found it somewhere and we'd have something kind of talk about then. And it's that natural link that I'm looking for. You may not find it. It's not always there. My interview for this job, um, there, I don't think there was a natural link anywhere. It was a, you know, it's a Colorado-based company. I grew up in St. Louis, so it's not like we were just Cross, crossing paths constantly, right? But nonetheless, if you can find it, it's certainly a powerful thing to do. It's not something you want to mention, though, in the interview. You don't want to be like, well, I saw on Facebook that you were, you know, friends with X, Y, and Z. I would still keep it on the down low, but it is a really cool tool. And it, it honestly, it would be the last step that I did in the interview process, the last research thing, but it, it certainly can work towards your advantage. The next thing you do want to research is the salary you need to make sure that this falls within your guidelines of what you're willing to make. If you're looking to make $11 an hour and it only pays eight, that'd be a heck of a living cost hit. So you need to make sure that you can take that hit. Or if it's a raise, like that'd be really cool too. You can do this really easily. You can Google it. There's lots of 
For national companies, there's lots of information out there about the salaries. Glassdoor, and I think Indeed both has information on it, but it's going to come up what the average salary is. You do have to take into account that it's going to include things like Los Angeles, which is going to have a very high wage. Or if you are in a lower, so if you're in a lower wage area like Creston, Iowa, you're going to make towards the lower end of the scale. But if you are in Chicago, you should make towards the higher end of the scale. So you have to keep that in kind of consideration. But it will give you an idea or a scale of what you can expect to make. Uh, and you can kind of base it off of what minimum wage is. will give you an idea of where you should be. This is going to be a really useful thing, as I said, to know if you can A, financially afford to work there, and B, it's a tool during the during the conversation, the interview. If the interviewer asks you, what are your salary expectations? And this is a really common question that I used to ask during the second interview when I worked for the Y. For people that were applying, they'd say, you know, what are your salary expectations? And I would say something like, looking online, I see that most McDonald's pay between $8 and $10 an hour. With my experience, I think I have fair salary would be around $9 an hour for me. See, I fall between that. I show that I've done some research on it. I think that this puts me in a good position in a couple different ways. One, I'm telling them I don't want the lowest. I'm, I'm setting myself up to come in higher than the lowest. And two, it shows I've done research. Now, there is a possibility, right? The manager could come back and be like, listen, we bring everybody in on $8 an hour or $7 an hour, whatever the case might be. I've had to do that before at the Y. I'd say, you know, what are your salary expectations? They'd give me a number and I'd be like, we're not together on this. You know, would you be willing to come between this and this? And then sometimes they say yes and sometimes they say no, but at least you're on the same page at that point. One thing I will say about salaries though, is as an interviewee, I, I never bring it up. It's It's not something that... I talk about, I always let the person asking the questions bring it up. And sometimes it doesn't come up. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But if it does, I have an answer ready, as well as I know personally that I can afford to work here. So a few kind of other things for just preparing for an interview. All the questions that I've asked today, I actually just Googled McDonald's interview questions and these popped up. Most national, if not all national organizations Interview questions are online. People go to the interview, come home, tell people what they were asked. Again, I think I got all these on Glassdoor. So it's a really cool tool for that. Small companies may not. Our empowerment, what I work for, is not. You would not be able to find the interview questions online for that because we're a very, very, very small organization. But big core companies will. McDonald's did. So Google that. Practice answering those questions. They may throw some bonus questions in there, but you'll have a pretty good idea what's coming. And then you can just kind of rehearse, 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 rehearse. Nothing will surprise you. You'll know what's coming. You'll have research what's coming. So as you work on interview questions, you can also remember that we have a good podcast on that. Our Empowerment does. It kind of gives you a chance to practice answering questions. We ask the question, give you a few seconds. You can press pause and then you can listen to the response. Kind of like we we're doing for this, me explaining the response and why. We got it in a little bit more detail, but definitely for your interview prep. And we didn't talk a ton about this. Prepare answering questions. Practice that. E- even... When you decide you want a new job and you start applying for jobs, this is really a step you should probably start taking immediately and start rehearsing your interview because it's going to happen. And there's just some basic standard questions out there that you can just start practicing getting ready for. Finally, the last step, you need to go with four or five good questions to ask. Every interviewer ends the interview with, do you have any questions? And as an interviewer, we always expect for someone to ask questions. And When you don't, it's a little bit odd. It doesn't necessarily discredit you from getting the job, but good questions typically gives you bonus points towards getting the job. So you can do this in a few ways. The first way is you can always just Google interview questions or what to ask during the interview. There's 
hundreds of questions out there that you can ask and kind of make work. Stick to four or five good questions. You don't have to ask all of them. I, I always say four to five just because I want two to three good questions. And that way, if I have more, I can always, as the interview answers questions or talks, they may eliminate questions. So if you came with two questions and you and they answered both of them, you would be kind of out of luck. So I always have extra questions just for that safety. But yeah, Google them. They're out there. I always come up with a couple of questions from the research, just trying to show that it's some kind of connection. Again, they may have such a good social media presence and Facebook and website that you don't come up with anything, but try to find something. So like if McDonald's does bingo on Tuesday nights, they used to do that when I was a kid. Try to connect that somehow. Say, you know, hey, I noticed that on your website that there is bingo on Tuesday nights. Would I ever be able to help out with that or will I be working? Kind of connecting that and getting them a chance to talk about that. Avoid talking about pay. I kind of mentioned that before, but just I I would avoid bringing it up. It rubs some people the wrong way. I, I guess I know some hiring managers that always felt like it was presumptive. Be like, oh, you think I'm that interested in you, huh? It never really bothered me, but it did bother some people. So I think it's just better safe than sorry not to bring it up. And me personally, I always asked, what are the next steps in this hiring process? You know, when, when will I hear something? Because it could drive you crazy if you're like just waiting. You know, if you think it's going to, if you think you're going to hear something within a day and a day passes, two day passes, three day passes, and you give up. And it turns out they weren't really planning on making any decisions for two weeks. Or if you are just high strung and just need that information. I think that's what it was me. I said, I would just get really anxious and it would help me kind of calm down to know when to kind of expect to hear something. And also help me know to keep my phone on me at work during those times. So if they said, you know, about two weeks, we'll let you know around the 10th. I'll know the 10th to keep my phone on me. So kind of a, a bonus there. So that being said, that's kind of the end of end of this conversation about preparing for an interview. But before then, if you need any help with anything, either budgeting or with getting ready for an interview, we're here at Our Empowerment to help you. So give us a call. My number is 314 653 6122. You can text me or you can call me. I'm happy to help in any way. You can also email me, which is Keith, K-E-I-T-H at R-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-N-E-N-T dot org. It's Keith at rempowerment.org. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. I hope this information helped you. And as always, remember, it's always the darkest just before someone turns on the light.